Welcome to this week's edition of Dugout Dish Podcast. I'm your host for today, Andy Kirikides. Unfortunately, our steady co-host is unable to make it this evening, but we have a college baseball connoisseur, aficionado, and general general all-around awesome human being, frequenter of the podcast, Jonathan Grasse, on today to talk about a uh, little college baseball from opening weekend. So good to have you again. I appreciate you having me on. I, you know, I was laughing. I, you called me earlier, and then, you know, obviously I'm a, I'm a dad, and I'm watching, you know, watching college baseball. And you, you called and you said, "Yeah, what are you up to?" And I said, "I'm, I'm building a Barbie dream house, and I'm watching Arkansas play JMU." So, um, just kind of the inside, you know, if you wanted a little bit of a, you know, the inside version of my life, there, there was kind of that was kind of hitting the nail on the head right there. So. I appreciate you having me on. I, you know, I love to talk, um, coach for a long time. You know, got we got you know mutual friends that you know do it. Obviously, got a chance to root for those guys. Um, so it's always fun getting on here and talking with you guys, chopping it up. Yeah, I think we're. I think you'll be an even more frequent guest this spring. So I think uh, with college baseball where it's at, we got to have some some periodic check ins on the state of the game. Um, so we'll we'll make this a routine a routine thing. But I know we both want to start it off tonight before we get into who won and who we think is going to go to Omaha. You know, what kind of crazy prognostication do we have on the eight teams that will make it to to Omaha? <laughs> um, but Parker Boyd down at ECU, and I know one of your guys who's going to go there next fall was down there. And, I mean. I, I, I think if you look at it, like, you know, I think the whole weekend, you know, was awesome. And, you know, I know, you know, we talked to our guys and, you know, I know you guys, you guys talked to your guys and, you know, my high school guys. And, the, you know, the biggest thing last week is, you know, on Thursdays and Fridays is like, hey, just get out and just watch some, you know, some baseball. It's opening weekend. And, and obviously, junior college division two and division three had already started. But, you know, I, I, I think that the opening weekend, you know, really cap, you know, capsulizes in that division one opening weekend. Right. Like. So there's a lot of games on TV. It's a lot of, you know, being televised. It's, you know, your favorite teams, you know, um, and, and it, that was awesome. And, and college baseball won the weekend, but, you know, it's hard to say that East Carolina and coach Godwin and, and Parker and, you know, all those guys didn't win the weekend even more. I mean, what an amazing story. I mean, I think, I, I think I heard a stat that he had 21 surgeries in 45 days. Um, just an amazing, amazing, amazing thing for him to get an at bat opening night. Um, he's the first Division one player to ever play with a prosthetic leg. Um, just college baseball, I think in general, and, and East Carolina and their program won, you know, on Friday night more than anybody else. Um, and again, not taking that away from any, anybody else who won a loss, but I think in terms of the story, in terms of where he has gone, uh, or where he's been the last, you know, two years or so, just an amazing story and, and really, really, really cool. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to really – certainly not a writer or anyone who claims to be eloquent with words, but it, it's hard to put into words how powerful that kid's story is. And, you know, Parker, if if you ever happen to listen to this podcast, like, you're an incredible young man. And it's not just about, like, he got to taking a bat at ECU. I mean, what that kid overcame just – I can't imagine what he went through the toughness, the perseverance, the character that that kid has inside him is just otherworldly. And you hit on it when we were talking a little bit earlier, but like a lot of this kind of stuff doesn't happen without some really impressive human beings in your life. And I got to imagine that the Boyds as a family are one heck of a unit. Um, I don't know him very well. I just know how people speak of him, but coach Godwin, and I, I do know coach Palumbo a little bit. And I mean, for those guys, like it, it, I think it speaks volumes to the type of human beings they are. And I, I don't think that should be missed on this either. Yeah. I, I, I think I said this to you earlier, we were talking about it. Like 
and, and I don't know those guys great either. You know, I know friends who have worked there and, you know, been around that program. But I think just like hearing stories about, how, you know, how Coach Godwin runs that program and how those guys operate, it's, it's like the one of the least shocking things, the way they, they handled the whole thing. Um, which I think speaks volumes for that program. Um, and, and the way that, you know, they do things down there is, is that, you know, for, for me to even think that, I think that's super impressive. Um, and, and more so as, uh, how do you treat people you treat people the right way? You know, you put your hat on every day and you go to work and, um, just super impressive. I, I, I saw a video earlier, even after we talked to Andy, it was like probably like an hour ago. Uh, I don't remember what it was on, but it was on like one of the uh, East Carolina fan groups, and it was like kind of like a video of the of the night and that whole situation. And I mean, it it, it almost brought tears to your eyes. Like it's 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 an incredible story. Um, so I think college baseball won, East Carolina won, um, Parker definitely won the biggest. So ch- cheers to that. Yeah, shout out to you, Parker, if you ever listen to this, man. You're an absolute stud. Absolute stud. So moving on, let's uh, give me give me a couple of your big takeaways from the weekend here. It's a good weekend. Um, it's a good weekend. How about the ACC? Yeah, you got the numbers. 35 and 5 as a league? Yeah. And and not only is it, you know, and, and, and there are certain, you know, certainly, you know, times that and, and teams that played, you know, northern teams, maybe not ready to play, you know, lower level, fine, whatever. Okay. But, I mean, yeah, I know you're going to hit on this too, but Clemson, goodness gracious. I mean, as of impressive as a weekend, Duke, as of impressive as a weekend, as I've seen opening weekend, um, you know, Notre Dame goes on the road. I, I know Rice has been down, but go on the road and sweep Rice at Rice. Very impressive. Yeah, in my opinion. Um, Wake. Wake is like advertised. Like, I, there's nothing else to say about them. Um, you know, Florida, I think Florida State was probably the, one of the bigger surprises. Um, not that Butler's been like a juggernaut, but, you know, Butler's still, you know, very, very, very nice, you know, team out of the Big East. Florida State had probably one of the worst years in, I mean, maybe in the last 45, 50 years. <laughs> last year, maybe it was the first time they didn't go to a regional. Um, and they not only beat Butler, but they 10 run them twice. Um, so I thought that was impressive. Um, I thought Boston College's weekend was really impressive. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah, but, I agree. You know, handled. Yeah, they lost to Kansas State on Saturday, but handled Cal. Um, you know, I, I thought they had a really nice weekend. NC State had a nice weekend. Um, Pitt, you know, swept, you know, Maine in a neutral site, which was still fairly, you know, a nice weekend. Um, I mean, 35-5 and five for the ACC. I, 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 I can't say enough. I mean, I watched a lot of the Duke weekend. Uh, that was as, as impressive as a as a Duke team that you know I've seen, and they've been two wins away from Omaha uh, two of the last three years. So um, they're going to be they're going to be a handful for a lot of teams, you know. From yeah, what I've seen, I, I think so too. It seems like some stuff is really lined up for them. <laughs> they got some guys who got some experience in there, and they're ultra talented. I mean, I mean they just, I mean what they did was. I mean, would they have 10 home runs in one game? 11? 11. Like, that's tough to do in batting practice. Um, and then just throw mall baseballs like that. Like, that should be, that should be scary. I know you were talking about their bullpen on the back end of it, and they've got some electricity coming out of that bullpen. Yeah, I think they have three. I think I saw in D1 baseball, they had three of the top 50 relievers. Um, I know one guy who actually pitched for me at Brown um, for four years. I think he's actually in his sixth year. Um, Charlie Bielinson, who's been awesome. I think he had two saves this weekend. Um, tough as nails. You know, I, I, I was just I, – I thought as as complete of a team as you could look – you know, you're as complete as a team as you could look on opening weekend, I thought they, they kind of checked that box. Um, 
and I, and I know I, I watch a little bit of Clemson. I know, you know, you were talking about Clemson um, when we talked earlier, but I, I think those two are in that realm. Like, wow, man, the ACC had a great opening weekend. Yeah, the Clemson one for me partic- is particularly impressive because for those of you who watch college baseball and know college baseball, like Xavier's a really good program. Um, Billy does an awesome job there. They were in a regional final last year at Vanderbilt. Yeah, I know they lost some dudes to the portal. Um, but for Clemson to do that to that team on opening weekend, and I'm sure Xavier's going to be just fine and they'll 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 write the ship or whatever, but that was that's a big time that's a big time statement by that that Clemson team who's I mean, looks like they're gonna be a force in the ACC. I, I think, and we'll get into this to the back end, but this might be the year the ACC flexes a little bit more muscle over the SEC. I don't know. But there's there's three or four teams at the top there that look the part of a, of a college World Series team. And I don't say that just after this weekend, but you, know, you start to look at what they've been doing the last couple of years. You're talking about a few outs away from being there. And this might be the year that, uh, you know, that Duke and, and Clemson kind of break through. Um, and get there. It wouldn't surprise me at all. So yeah, I was impressed with them. I thought there was some there were some teams out of the Northeast that came down and played some good baseball. Like you got Lehigh beating Iowa. You know, Iowa, the you know, they got Brody Brecht who throws 104 or whatever. And you know, they're a top 25 team in the season. And I mean, Lehigh just flat out beat them eight five. Like it's a it's a darn good win. Um you know, Maris went down and took one down at Southern Miss. Obviously, that one's close to my heart, but, like, that's a super tough place to play. It's a really good ball club. Uh, you know, they get 55, 5,800 fans going crazy. You know, you got freshmen coming in, getting six outs in the seventh and eighth inning to to close the deal there. I mean, those are those are the types of wins that when you come from the Northeast and you come down and play those types of schools, like, yeah, you want to go down there and compete your butt your, – you, you know, compete your butt off. But if you can go win a game at, at Southern Miss, like that sets the table for your whole season and sure. gives you some confidence going into it. And you know, I thought that I thought it was a really good weekend, you know, for a couple of those Northeast teams to come down. I mean, you got Niagara went down to swept Richmond. Um, you know, anytime you come out of the Northeast, and I think that's part of why BC's weekend was as impressive as it is, is that you just don't get as much on field time. Like you don't get as much baseball time. And coming out of the gym or coming out of your indoor facility and having to travel down and play good teams that have been outside and and played a little bit more baseball. Anytime you can go down there and get wins, never mind win series, it's you know something that that has to be noted. Sure, I I, I totally agree with that. Dude. There was a lot of you know teams that traditionally are powerhouses that you know, we saw it get hicked up a little bit, you know, and I, and I know, you know, we had talked about this earlier, like, you know, I think one of the things to to note, you know, moving forward is, is like early in the year, you know, the portal, how much of does the portal play into, you know, some of those teams that, you know, maybe aren't quite up to speed, you know, as a group, um, aren't, quite, you know, quite there um, with familiarity of playing with each other, stuff like that. Um, and then is there also something to be said about, you know, the the portal and, you know, some of these teams that traditionally aren't as great, um, but kind of got off to good starts because they brought in a bunch of, you know, older guys and, um, you know, what does that look like? Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out, you know, over 56 games. I'm sure it'll kind of sort itself out. You get some guys who come into new programs and, you're trying to get acclimated. Maybe it's a different playing style. Playing style. Maybe they're playing a different position, and uh, you know you're at a new place. You know, so I think that it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, the other thing I want to step back to this. I'm looking at my computer, but I'd be remiss to not mention St. John's going down and and beating Florida on a Friday night. Um, it's hard enough to go down there and beat and beat those guys. Period. But to go down there on a Friday night and beat them, like, kudos, Coach Brown, up at St. John's. Like, you got had your boys ready. They pitched. Um, some timely hitting. Like, I know they're healthy for the first time in a couple of years, and 
it'll be interesting to see if they can build off that because they do have some arms. They do have some really physical young kids that can hit. And I expect them to be much more in the mix in the Big East than they have been the last couple of years because I think I think some stuff's lining up for them. They got some good transfers in and they're healthy. And I expect them to kind of be back in the fold again. Yeah, I think that was an awesome win for them. Um, and you hit it on perfect for them. But I, I think the one thing, and I know we didn't talk about this earlier, but, you know, Florida, you know, loses obviously the national championship, you know, in game three. Um, an amazing series with LSU. You know, two phenomenal teams, maybe two of the best teams in the country, two of the three best teams in the country, maybe. Um, they got all summer to sit on that, you know, that bad taste. You get into the fall ball, you know, falls a grind, you go through it. Preseason, you know, you get the holidays, preseason practice, Friday, opening day, you know, as long as it's been since you played a game last, right? And and, and you lose St. John's. And again, nothing to, to take away from St. John's on that. But goodness gracious, North Florida tomorrow on Tuesday. <laughs> I, I wish you the best of luck because I know, I, I don't know Sully personally, but I know a lot of people that, that play for Sully and, and worked with him. And just goodness gracious, I, bet, I wish you the best of luck tomorrow on Tuesday. Because they got to come to you. It's probably a three and a half hour trip up up to Jacksonville, um, and I know for a fact he hasn't been thinking about anything but that loss on Friday night. And for them to get rained out on Saturday and Sunday, um, I, you're probably getting three innings of Caglione, three innings of their Sunday guy, if, if, the best I, bullpen guys. Giving any betting advice, but if <laughs> Gators tomorrow, guys. <laughs> Hammer the over. I don't know what this. I don't know when this is going to be aired. It's probably going to be after, so I could be. I look like an idiot when it gets aired, but goodness gracious, man! Yeah, that'll be a. That'll be an interesting. One. Yeah, and, and that's a testament to their program and what he's done there. And you know, I know he signed the big extension and everything else, but just you know, you just know those guys, and you know, Andy, you know this. Like, you work and, and you're that competitive, and you know, you run a program like that. You know how those guys operate, and like. All right, they lost Friday, and you're like, all right, we'll we'll take care of everything on Saturday and Sunday, and everything will be right in the world. And it's like, nah, rain's going to come in and you know take care of business for us, and we're not going to get a chance to play. And now we got to wait another couple of days to to get our midweek in on Tuesday. And um, I would say Gators. Yeah, I think that that's uh, I think that's good money right there. Although. Betting on college baseball has been a, an interesting topic in the news of recent of of, of late. So, you know. any, yeah, give any affiliations to uh, <laughs> stay away. Uh, what um, you mean a couple other teams that uh, thought were pretty impressive this week, and I know there's one that jumps off for me. There's two that jump off for me. I thought I had really good weekends. Yeah, I, I'll be honest. I thought one of the biggest ones to me was FAU. Yeah. I thought you know, I mean, and, and I'm not, not that I'm like saying that like I'm shocked. Like when you look at that series, um, yeah, and you kind of look at like what they did and what they have done in the past and how great their program has been. Um I, I'm not shocked, you know, then they go up to Vanderbilt, take one. I mean, Vanderbilt needed all bit of everything on Friday night to, you know, all you know, all 27 outs to to beat them, you know, on a walk-off. And they actually, they took the lead early. I was watching that game and it was all Vanderbilt early. Um, and I actually shut it off. I, I turned it off. I turned another game on. And I, when I woke up on Saturday, I looked at it. I was like, oh, wow. that I didn't realize that FAU had done that. Um, you know, Vanderbilt, I think, scored three in the ninth to walk them off. Um, and, then, and then FAU beat them on Saturday. So I think FAU was one of those teams that, not that I'm shocked at all, because I, I think when you looked at the series, you're like, wow, I'm actually, um, I think more so that, I think the SEC challenged themselves this year early, it seems like, um, which they have not done in the past, um, where, you know, they've kind of scheduled some, some earlier, you know, some easier opponents, whereas this year they, they definitely challenged themselves. Um, you know, FAU, um, you know, some of the others that, they, that you know, Ole Miss went to Hawaii, which 
you know, never easy going on the road. You're in paradise, the whole deal. Um, you know, Mississippi State scheduled Air Force, who's been really, really, really good the last few years. Um, so I think they didn't, I think they challenged themselves a little bit more than they have in the past. Um, but FAU to me jumped out as like that was as impressive as a you know, I, I know they lost the series, but as a road team opening up, the weather was terrible all all week, you know, all weekend in, uh, on the East Coast. Um, you know, for them to go up into the cold in Nashville, I, I, I was impressed with that. I thought I thought that was a, that was a big one for me. Yeah, the two that I got my eye on is one, <clears throat> Campbell just reaffirming that they're a really good program and not a program that was flying high for a couple of years. Santa Barbara can really, really pitch. And kudos to Santa Barbara for coming east and going to play a team like Campbell. Um, you know, one of the one of the big topics has been the, one of the most impressive things of my weekend too. Is just like, and I didn't realize it to be honest until Friday morning when I was looking at the at my app. Um, for Santa Barbara to come east, and, and you know, anyone that's coached or anyone that knows, you know, kind of the West Coast, the West Coast that always seems to have an issue with the RPI, and you know, if you follow on social media, you you see that they they always seem on Selection Sunday to have you know issues with how they do the rankings, et cetera, et cetera. Um, impressive for them to come East to go to a Campbell. And like, it wasn't like they, and, and again, this is, has nothing to do with Campbell, but like, you know, it's a mid-major that that's what Campbell is, is a mid-major. It's not, you know, Santa Barbara coming East to play, you know, North Carolina state, cause they got a really good guarantee. Like they came East to play a top tier mid-major program, which Campbell is, you know, year in and year out the last few years. And they came east to do it, which I give them a ton of credit. I give yeah. Coach gets a ton of credit because a lot of those teams out west have hid behind the well, it's the RPI. The RPI is not favored, you know, for us, et cetera, et cetera. And they said we're not going to make excuses, you know. You and and, and I, I give them a ton of credit for it. So that was awesome. Yeah, I think that stuff's super cool. Campbell just, you know, they're good. They're really good. Like they're not just a program that had a couple really high end pro guys and a couple arms that kind of carried them through the last couple of years. Like that's been a build in the making. They got a legit facility now, and they got that program rolling. And Santa Barbara can flat out pitch. They're preseason top twenty five team. It's a big series win for Campbell. And I think the other thing too is, and I'm going to mention another CAA team here in a second. But dude, the CAA is going to have that's a three bid league this year. And could be and could be four if somebody wins a tournament that shouldn't. Um, the other weekend that like they weren't super highly touted, bottom half of the of the Pac-12 in the final year of the Pac-12 kind of preseason stuff. But taking two out of three from Northeastern is an impressive task for Arizona, um, and that's not a knock on Northeastern at all. Like that team is going to be in the mix. They're a team that's good enough to get to a super regional. They got front end pitching. They got some of the, they got a couple of the best prospects in the country. Going west is hard, but for Arizona to beat those guys two out of three times, like Pac 12's got another team in the mix that, that's probably going to cause some problems on the weekend um, when push comes to shove. And I thought that was a big weekend for those guys and couldn't be happier for Coach Vance. It, all that dude does is, is coach the heck out of pitchers and, um, they're off to a good start there. That was that was a good matchup, and you know another one like it's good for Northeastern. Like they could go play, they could go play some random team down south and go get your three wins. But they challenge themselves, and you know you're going to fly out west and play Arizona. Like good on you, Coach Glass. Like those those guys will be better for it. No, I, I'll be honest. I think. I think it's more of an indication of what Northeastern's program has turned into that that's that big of a win. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, I like, you know, 10 years ago, if you would have said, Hey, Arizona beat, you know, Northeastern two or three, I think you would say, okay, yeah, that, you know, that's, but I mean, that's, that's really cool to what Northeastern has turned themselves into. It's just Northeastern's turned themselves into a program that is that legit. Yeah, and they're they're going to be a problem. Um, and like I said, back to kind of the CAA, 
between them, Campbell and UNC Wilmington, those are three really dangerous teams. Um, they're all super athletic. I mean, Charleston had a pretty good weekend. I think Charleston's going to be better this year too. They, I know they've been, you know, a little bit up and down the last few years. But yeah, that's going to be it's going to be a three big conference, I would think. And you know, depending on when you hit them or how they're playing in the postseason, like they're all capable of winning a regional. Um, I think that that conference has really done well for itself in, in terms of continuing to pull money into baseball programs and having a ton of success at the top end of that conference. So no doubt. I like that squad. Anybody else stick out to you this weekend? Um, really? I mean, you know, I, I did think it was a little interesting. I, and not that the SEC struggled because the SEC didn't struggle, but SEC struggled a little bit. I thought, um, you know, JMU, I thought, you know, going out Arkansas on the road, I think Arkansas is a you know team that you're going to hear me say in the next few minutes when we say to Omaha, um, good win for JMU, you know, I know it was a four game series. It's tough to sweep anybody four times, but, um, you know, I think when you look at it, you know, the, the SEC had eight losses opening weekend, which is kind of surprising, right? Like, I, and I know it's a 14 team league. I know they, you know, everybody basically played three games outside of Florida, I think. Um, so, you know, not crazy for concern or, or, or saying anything about the league itself. I mean, obviously Tennessee had a really tough weekend going to that tournament, um, you know, out in, out in, um, uh, at the Ranger stadium and global life. Um, but I just think that was kind of surprising to me was just seeing the SEC have eight losses opening weekend, you know, and I, and I don't know the numbers exactly, but I think if you go back over the last few years, I don't think that they had eight losses many weekends, um, you know, non-conference wise. So I thought that was, that was like one thing to kind of note, um, you know, South Carolina looked really good. Um, Kentucky looked really good. Georgia looked really good. Uh, I actually thought Tennessee, even though they did lose a game, they lost, they looked really, really, really good. Um, so it'll be interesting. Um, you know, L- uh, the other one is LSU. LSU, I thought, looked really good. Um, they played two tight ones on Friday and Saturday and then um, kind of handled business yesterday and today. Um, <laughs> again, on Monday. Um, so they had a nice weekend, but. Yeah, I thought the SEC that was, that was just a little bit a little bit odd. Um, you know, Mississippi State struggled twice with Air Force. They kind of had to come back. I think it was in the eighth on Friday, lost Saturday, took care of business on Sunday, and then obviously Ole Miss splitting at Hawaii is is you know is pretty tough. But um, you know they're going to be they're going to be just fine in that league. But I I, I just thought it was kind of something to note. Yeah, I think it's very noteworthy. And it'll be interesting to see how some of this shakes out with with a few of those teams. Speaking of that, that Tennessee weekend, one of the teams that did stick out, and they seem to be getting some buzz by some people who were in the know, is uh, Oklahoma. Uh, people seem to really be on that train, and I think that's going to be an interesting one to watch because, you know, the Big 12, you know, you got TCU, you got Texas Tech. You know, Oklahoma State had a tough weekend. Um, you know, not not how they want to open up the season. You know, you're wondering if there's a door open there for Oklahoma to slide in and make some noise here. You know, I know Kansas State's got a little bit of buzz going into the year, and Coach Hughes has got them playing really well. Uh, but that was, you know, to go and beat Tennessee opening weekend, if you're Oklahoma, like that's got to make you feel pretty good about where you're headed. No doubt. I'm not going to say too much more because – when we get eight to Omaha, that you're uh, you're kind of ruining the surprise here for me because I the heck? All right, all right. Well, let's uh, let's get into it then. So eight, and I, and I was thinking about this when I was when I was writing it out after we had talked earlier. And eight for Omaha's. Yeah, I know there's only going to be eight, but it's you know it's February nineteenth. It's absurd to even write down eight, right? Like as I'm, as I'm doing it, I'm going. This is way, way, way harder than I originally thought. Like way harder, um, because of what we just talked about. There's so many good teams, so many people have good weekends. Um, you know, you have your kind of sleepers. You know, like I had Oklahoma down. Um, what an awesome weekend! But there's just so many good teams. You know, teams get hot. But look, I'll give you eight. 
I have no idea how accurate this will be, but I'm going to give you eight. This is my eight. Wake. Wake's going to go back to Omaha this year. I, I, I don't see, I mean, barring some major injuries, that, that they'll be fine. Um, LSU is going to be in Omaha again. Um, I think when you look at the pieces they added, they added the number one, you know, transfer portal uh, recruiting class. Um, they still have Tommy White. They got this freshman from New Mexico, this left-handed hitter. I think he's like, I was watching today, I think he's like seven for his first nine. They're really, really, really good. I think the biggest thing for LSU, and I said this a year ago or just about a year ago, and they can have enough pitching depth. Um, and obviously they hired Coach Askey in the offseason. Um, you know, Coach Coach West Johnson went to Georgia. They, you know, Coach Johnson, um, Jay Johnson brings back Coach Askey from so he was at Texas AM, but he was with him at, you know, Arizona. Um I think that'll be an interesting dynamic is how much can he get out of that pitching staff? Because he's been a wizard everywhere he's been. Um, and he's gotten the most out of staff with probably a lot less talent. Um, but now can he kind of bottle it all together with a roster that's, you know, or a pitching staff that's really, really, really talented. Um, but was kind of always last year outside of, you know, outside of schemes um, was always the question mark of that roster. I have Arkansas going back to Omaha. I got Tennessee going back to, to Omaha. And I'm not really going out on a limb. And I know I probably are just like, well, you're just bashing the SGC because they had eight losses and three or first four. Or the <laughs> it's still the SEC, right? Like, they're going to get themselves squared away. Um, I think Oregon State goes back to Omaha this year. Um I just think they they kind of have it figured out, um, you know, in terms of like what the roster is, what it needs to be. They had some transition with the coaching staff change. Um, I, I think this is the year that Oregon State kind of gets back. I know they had a nice weekend um, this weekend. Not that, again, that you can put too much emphasis on opening weekend. But I just think Oregon State, you know, I think when it's all said and done, They've been there for a long time. They've been really, really good for a really long time. Um, I think they figure out a way to get back to Omaha this year. Um, I think the Gators, like, you know, kind of like what I was saying earlier with, you know, I know they lost on Friday to St. John's, haven't played. They're 0 1, you know, the winless team. It's opening weekend on Tuesday and they haven't won a game yet. Um, But Sully does such a good job down there. They're always in the mix. I think they get back. My next two are going to be a little not, and they're not. I'm not even going out of limb because they're both. I don't know what Oklahoma was ranked, but they're both top 25 teams. I think Oklahoma gets Omaha. Um, you know, people forget they were a year and a, a year ago, or I'm sorry, two years ago. Um, so in 2022, they were you know national semifinalists. Um, did a really good job. Same kind of thing as this year. Came out of nowhere. Um, Probably came out of nowhere a little bit more that year than this year. I think people like kind of have them on their radar. Obviously, they beat Tennessee, so they're going to start to get some publicity now, and you know people are going to have them, you know, bouncing around. Um, I, I just think that you know Skip Johnson does a really good job down there. I, I think they got they they brought in a bunch of older transfers, um, guys that have had success in other places, um, and I think that's important when you get into late April and early May or in mid-May, um, you know, in the tournament. So I'm going to go to Oklahoma. And then I think finally, I think finally he gets it done. They finally get over the hump. I think East Carolina goes to Omaha this year for the first time ever. I like where your head's at. <laughs> got, got a little crossover. I think uh, we'll start at the top on my list. And, and once again, like stick into kind of some name brand programs, but there's a reason they're name brand programs. And I'm sure there's some schools that are going to pop up six, eight weeks from now. They're going to look the part, but wake like business, like they're as well coached as anybody in the country. They got the best start and rotation of anybody in the country. I don't think it's particularly close. I think there's some schools that can make an argument, but I mean, Hartle and Burns and then, you got to face those two cats who are completely different pitchers. And then you got to see Massey on Sunday. 
and you know that Corey and Walt and Billy are going to find guys who can contribute in the bullpen. That offense is going to be super well coached. They got the best hitter in the country. They got one of the best athletes in the country running around in center field now. Um, they're just they're tough to bet against. Arkansas, it's a pedigree thing. Like they got a legit one-two punch at the front end with with Hagen Smith and Tiger. Once again, they're going to defend the heck out of it. They're super super athletic and they're going to pitch. Like Matt Hobbs will they will be dialed in. Um, and that is a super tough place to to play. So if you host a regional, you got a nice path to a super. And if you're in the top eight, like if you got to go through Arkansas, that's a tough task. And then I'm going to stay on. I'm going to stay on the the opening weekend. Like I was too impressed with Clemson and Duke. Like I think those are two programs that are going to break through this year. Um, we'll see. I mean, the ACC is a grind. You're always one injury away from it not going the way you want it to go. But both super impressive. They both look like they got the pieces to do it. Duke's been on the cusp. I think they break through. LSU, you pretty much covered that one. They got power. They got some really nice transfer guys coming in. They got some young cats who are going to step in and contribute right away. I think the West Coast team is going to be Oregon State. I think that Caraway and Bazana might be the best one-two. You call them like the best one-two punch in a lineup there is in the country. I mean, the Bazana kid's an absolute electric factory. Watching that kid swing a baseball bat is just fantastic. And Caraway smashed baseballs all weekend. Um, they might have a little bit of chip on their shoulder since they don't have a conference right now. So maybe they're out to prove <laughs> out for blood. Um, but I like that squad. I like this Texas A&M team. And I don't think I would have said that before this weekend. But for them to only give up one run was super impressive. Huge home field advantage. They're old in that lineup with one of the top five offensive players in the country. Um, so I think they add some legitimate experience. I mean, Hayden Shot goes from Columbia to the four hole and just smashes baseballs all weekend. They got a kid who's caught a ton of games and won a bunch at Penn in uh, Jackson Appel, who's at the top of the lineup. Like I think that's the kind of stuff that, that gets you over the hump at the end of the year. So – if they can continue to pitch the ball, I think AM. Oh, and they get the they get the Montgomery kid from Stanford. Like, yeah, like I, I like that team. And then I think ECU breaks through this year too. Those are those are my eight off the cuff. There's a you know, there's a few on the outside looking in that are always interesting to see how they continue to progress because they're so well coached. Like, but I wouldn't call them sleepers, but you know, Virginia's always a threat. Um, always a threat. Like you know, Texas is super talented. I'm sure that they're going to be in the mix at some point. Um, yeah, I, I don't – I'm not feeling good about the West Coast, though. Like, I don't think Stanford – they've three straight runs. They've lost a lot in the last couple of years. I don't think they're going to be at the top there. And They were one of my ones on my other list. Oregon, um, Arizona, I think, you know, with – you know, new, you know, kind of a, not a nationally new staff, but, you know, brought in some new assistants. Uh, I know you speak super highly of Coach Vance. You know, they could be maybe one. You know, Oregon obviously was a, you know, Oregon was a win away from Omaha last year. <clears throat> you know, they lost to that um, Oral Roberts club in that elimination game on Monday. Um, South Carolina is one that I think not a lot of people are talking about that I think could be really, really, really talented. Um they got the the outfielder who can really bop left-handed hitter. Um, they get a lot back. They got a lot in the portal. Um, I think they're somebody that you could look at similar to Texas A&M where, you know, I, I think most years we look at it and we're like, hey, you know, right, like we got our, you know, LSU, Tennessee is going to be really talented. Arkansas is always there, it seems like. And then there's like this other team. You know, Ole Miss was that other team. They won an Addy. Mississippi State was that other team. They won an Addy. Um, there's just been other teams in that SEC that I think have been really, really, really good. Um, that you don't even think. Even, even Texas A&M actually two years ago, right? Like Texas A&M and Schloss's first year, nobody had them. Everyone had them written out for dead. They were going to be terrible. They're the bottom battle of, of the SEC. And they ended up in Omaha. Um, 
So I think South Carolina and I think Texas A&M again could be one of those teams that are really, really, really talented. Don't maybe get quite the publicity that, you know, some of those top dogs are getting, um, but are really, really, really good and are going to be a handful, you know, when we get to, you know, Memorial Day and, and beyond. I think the biggest issue I have with my bracket is I got four teams in the state of, I got three teams in North Carolina and then Clemson. Like the chances of all four of them going is so slim because they're probably going to face off in a super, just the way that the brackets line up and everything. And now they don't worry so much about the travel with the supers anymore as they used to. They used to really try to keep it regional, but that might be the biggest. Like if you were going to really slam me for my picks, is that like, you got three teams in North Carolina. I don't know if three teams from North Carolina can get out of a super because there's well, a good chance that two of them are playing each other. You rank them one through 16. When they get close, they tell you it's not based on location, but if there's a wiggle yeah. here or a wiggle there, they'll, you know what I mean? So that'll and be. Traditionally in the Carolinas, like you haven't gotten a ton to Omaha. No. You know, so, I mean, Wake went last year, obviously. Wake was probably the only one last year, right? And then you had, obviously, South Carolina had that run for a while. NC um, State's had a couple. North and, Carolina had, they had North, some runs back in, like, the early like, 2000s. A bid, uh, you know, like, a bid for the Carolinas, basically. And, again, that has now changed because of the way they do things. I, I understand that. Um, because they used to, it was ridiculous. You know, they would pair you know, South Carolina and Clemson up, you know, through the mid two thousands every year. And it was like, all right, well, you know, South Carolina won three national titles and, you know, coach Leggett couldn't get out of a super and couldn't get to Omaha, but well, it was because they were running into South Carolina every year. Like that wasn't fair. Um, whereas they are doing it better, but yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, I don't, I don't know. It'll be interesting. I think one of the things I, I had marked down to, I think will be really cool this year. Um, and will be for the foreseeable future now. Conference realignment. Like I was looking today, I was looking at a schedule today of a Big 12, a traditional Big 12 team. And it was like BYU comes into town like in three weeks. And it's like conference game. And I'm like, oh, wait, that's a conference game now. Yeah. You know, like I saw on somebody else, I think it was Oklahoma, as I was looking at some of the Oklahoma stuff today. And it was like our home games. And it was like Central Florida's on there. And I'm like, wait. You know, you, you just don't think of Central Florida being in the Big 12, um, you know, and obviously next year with UCLA and USC going to the Big 10 and Cal and all, you know, Cal and all them going to the ACC. It'll be interesting. But it was just kind of, I thought that was kind of an interesting little tidbit. And I think it will be when we do our, you know, conference tournament preview, right? Like, it will be an interesting thing to see when we get the conference tournament time, like, Hey, Central Florida, who they haven't been great lately, but they had a stretch there for a long time where they were really, really, really good. Like, are they throwing a wrench into the Big 12 tournament this year? Is BYU, who's been very good out West for a long time, like, are they throwing a wrench into, you know, taking a taking a spot from a team? Um, are they able to beat a team in the Big 12 tournament? Like, how does all that kind of shake out? Um, but, you know, it'll be kind of something to, to kind of look at. I think it, it was something – just kind of interesting to me, like, wow, that conference realignment stuff's going to be is, – is here to stay now. Yeah. Yeah, there's all kinds of movement going on, and I don't think it's going to change. I think you're going to continue to see st this stuff get consolidated down. What – uh, give me a couple – give me a couple sleepers. I mean, I think – I think when you look at sleepers, I think you always have to look at an Indiana State, right? I mean, they had a really good weekend, beat UConn on, in a neutral site down in South Florida. Um, Dallas Baptist always, you know, always in the mix. You know, I, I, I think it's almost hard to even say some of those teams are sleepers because it's like you look at like, right, like you roll off some of them, like like a Georgia Southern, Coastal, Dallas Baptist, Indiana State. Like, are they even mid-majors? Like, I don't even like. Yeah. I guess, like, because of the conference, but, like, but is everyone okay with saying the Sun Belt's a mid-major conference in baseball? Like, not me. No, but I think that when you – when you're not in some way, shape, or form associated with big-time football, 
or playing in one of those big conferences, people just assume that they're sleepers. Like nobody wants to see Dallas Baptist in a regional. Wow. No shot. You do not. If they show up in your bracket, it's a lose-lose because you're supposed to beat them, but they're Disaster. plenty good enough to beat you. Yes. And and, and, and not, not only them, like, you know, like I said, like any of them, like Texas State, I mean, Texas State split with Texas last year when Texas was top five in the country, like, you know, in a midweek, like Texas State's really good. Like, you know, we were talking earlier, UL Lafayette, right? Like ULL hosted regionals, like atmosphere through the roof, like those teams, like, yeah, like quote unquote mid-majors, but, you know, I mean, Oral Roberts made it all at Omaha. Like, you know, and, and, and they don't even have quite what some of those Sunbelt teams have in terms of resources, you know, like, like Coastal. I mean, Coastal lost two or three this weekend. Indiana played awesome, by the way. Um, Coastal loses two or three this weekend, and everyone's like, ah, well, they're, you know, they're down now. And it's like, well, let's see in two months where they're at. Three months, like, still Coastal. Like, they won a national championship, you know. So I think that's one of those things where you're like, Hey, some sleepers, like, I, I think you got to say anybody in the Sun Belt, you know, that that can kind of turn it on, especially with the likes of a Georgia Southern, they're always loaded, you know, ULL, Texas State, Coastal, obviously. Um, Troy's been really good. I mean, Troy's been really good, you know, year in and year out. South Alabama's been really good year in and year out. Um those are the ones I think you got to look. I mean, and obviously Indiana State, just what they did, they had an opportunity to host the Super last year, obviously with the, you know, the Special Olympics thing was, you know, it didn't work out. But um, I think for what they they have done in that, in that MVC, <laughs> I mean, that MVC has turned itself into a really, really good baseball league, to be honest with you. Um, you know, with Dallas Baptist and, you know, Indiana State, Illinois State, I believe was in a super five years ago or so. Um, you know, you had just had some really good baseball in that league. Um, you know, I think when you look at like those two leagues, I think those are probably your two big ones. Conference USA with realignment. I think it's, it's hurting them in baseball a little bit. The American, you know, maybe a Houston. Um, but I think it's hurt them in realignment as well. I mean, East Carolina's in there, obviously. Um, but you know, I think those would be kind of your feel. I mean, I mean, shoot. I mean, you think about what FAU did this weekend. I throw them on the on the list too, right? Yeah, to you definitely got to have your ears perked up with those guys now. Like what they did this weekend has got to make you go, okay, this is a team you might want to pay attention to. Um, it's yeah, just not easy to do that. It's not easy to go in there and play toe to toe. And like early in the season, yeah, you're obviously trying to win, but. There's something to be said about going into a hostile environment where you're not supposed to win, you know, preseason top 10 team, all the pedigree, they got everything going for them. You walk in there, not only do you win a game, but you could argue that for the bulk of that, the 27 innings that were played, they were the better team. And, you know, kind of a Pyrrhic victory, but, you know, still, like, if you're FAU, you you got to feel pretty good about where you're headed and you just hope you can kind of keep it going this weekend. I don't know who they got coming in this weekend, but, uh, you know, you got to, you know, try to keep it rolling. The Dallas Baptist one is, is they're on, they're on my list too. Like, they're so much better than people think to like the casual college baseball fan. They have no idea how good that program is. Um, you'll see them in the top 25 at some point this year. They got arms. The facility's legit. They're as well-coached as anybody. Um, and then you mentioned another one that I, I thought Indiana was awesome this weekend. Like, I could see them making a run at it. You know, what was last time they went to the College World Series? What, Schwarber? Yeah, with Tracy Smith, right? 2010, I guess that would have been. Yeah, I like that team. And then I'm forever on the Northeastern bandwagon. I just love the makeup of that team. And yeah, I'm partial. I love that coaching staff. Glavs is man. Coach Cobb. So tough. Cobb is is so good at what he does with that pitching staff. And you know, they got they got draft prospects, they got high-end arms. Um, yeah, they got three really good arms they're gonna run out Friday, Saturday, Sunday with Scotty, um, 
I probably pronounced that wrong. Uh, the Coloran kids coming back off of Tommy John, but I mean, he's electric. I mean, he's a, he's a mid to upper nineties guy. And then, uh, they get, um, the freshman coming back from last year, Colvon, who's fantastic pitched or Cabral, excuse me, Cabral pitched on team USA. Like, yeah, you got the best outfield, you know, maybe the best outfield prospect in the country. I'm sure Vance Honeycutt and a few other guys have some to say about that, but you know, the Maldonado kid playing right field. They got the McGregor kid coming back, smashing doubles and home runs. Like, that's a dangerous squad. It's a dangerous yep. squad. Any other parting thoughts, Coach Grasse? I don't think so. I think it was pretty good. I'm excited for a uh, fun year ahead and uh, look forward to, you know, chopping it up with you guys, you know, as we get through uh, the next few weeks and maybe we'll do a you know, halfway through recap and obviously we'll we'll get our, our postseason stuff locked and loaded and uh excited for a fun year ahead. Yeah, I can't wait to see how bad we got our day for Omaha. I mean we'll have to we'll have to do I believe I was eight for eight, right? And super picks. I think that's what I was. Yes, you were you you ran the you ran the table in super if picks. I get even like four I'll be shot. I mean I think some of them are like but again like it's February twenty ninth, right? So you're like yeah, some of these are slam dunks, and then we'll look back, you know, three months from now and be like, what was I thinking even, you know, putting that team in there, whether it's injury or, you know, whatever happens. Obviously, it's, you know, it's college baseball, but um, it'll be fun to look back and say, how many did we, uh, you know, did we get right? And, and we had a lot of crossover, too, so it'll be fun to see how many we got, you know, right on February here, 19th, and uh, good time. Yeah, man. Well, Appreciate you joining. We'll uh we'll run it back here again soon. Coach Glass will be back for that one. Chop it up even more. He's always got some great insights. He's a, a man of knowledge. So um yeah, man. Thanks again. We'll uh we'll do it again here soon. And everybody out there listening, one, go watch college baseball because it's awesome. Two, subscribe to the podcast because we got cool people like Coach Grasse who come on and talk about baseball with us. And three Thanks for listening. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for listening this week. If you're watching on YouTube, go ahead and hit that subscribe button and smash that like button for us. Check us out on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, as well as Spotify. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at EMD Baseball. If you want to find out what me and Keith do to help families and players navigate the recruiting process, go ahead and check us out on emdbaseball.com. Take a few minutes to check out our new online academy. I promise you'll get some good information out of that. Thanks again for listening. Check in with you next week.